Hello, I'm Kelly Crichton and this is The Reset Room. We are here to give you the tools you need to succeed and to answer your questions on your journey to fulfillment. This week, we're talking all about mindfulness, but if you've missed the first few episodes, you can still check them out. Last week, Amina and I were looking at when is a good time to take stock and make a change and whether change is always a good thing, how we go about it and what might hold us back from it. I know there's a lot of people out there at the moment experiencing a significant amount of change. You are not alone. This can be difficult. Make sure and listen back to episode three of The Reset Room and you'll gain some valuable insight from Amina, who has worked with loads of people over the years to help them through periods of adjustment. This week, I'm joined by Kay Woodburn of Gritty People, a people development consultancy specialising in behavioural change in all aspects of life from global business to elite sport. Kay founded the company from a passion and deep curiosity around human behaviour and how an individual's beliefs, focus and interactions can influence success and sometimes not so successful outcomes. Hi Kay, welcome back. How are you? Hi Kelly, I'm very well, thank you. Are you? How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's a busy time, but in, enjoyable <laughs> all the same. So mindfulness, mindfulness seems to be a phrase that has really caught on in the last few years. We hear about it in many aspects of life. We hear celebrities talking about it. We hear mental health experts talking about it. Uh, and there seems to be apps plenty for it too. Take us back to the beginning, Kate. What exactly is mindfulness? Well, mindfulness is, um, it's a, it, you say it's a, a word that's being used a lot more. And it, I think it conjures up different things in different people's minds, doesn't it? Um, and it can be a trigger word for some people. It's, you know, some people really rejects the idea of being mindful uh, and some people really do understand it and really enjoy it so yeah mindfulness is really quite simple um so it's just being in the moment knowing that we're in the moment and knowing what's happening in that moment so that's like both around us and also within our own mind and I'm sure if you as you've just said it's a busy time for everybody at the moment um, enjoyable I guess all the same but busy and we're starting to get busier I think I know I certainly am and really a lot of the time when we are busy and we have that crowded experience of lots of things happening within us and around us we experience what I call the crazy monkey mind um you know jumping from one mm-hmm. thought to another um I get an, yeah 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 we've I'm sure it's I, I literally as I say it out loud right now I can see that monkey jumping from one tree to another and mm-hmm. each of the trees is a thought in our mind and you know so the more we practice mindfulness the more we can find that our mind begins to settle down become a little bit less wayward and maybe jump around less basically so yeah it's our tendency to jump around from one random thought to another um and the more we learn to just slow that down and be more present and that's like I said that's what mindfulness is it's just enjoying that present moment the more we can the rest that crazy monkey mind and just like settle um a little bit more so who might benefit from taking some time for mindfulness is it for everyone or is it you know do you have to have a sort of predisposition to be able to (laughs) jump on board the mindfulness bandwagon yeah it's a really great question and I think there's sometimes a belief that there is you know like the amount of people I speak to on a daily basis that may say you know mindfulness is not for me or I've tried it it doesn't work for me and I do really think that that is perception um, or experience so Mm. 
it's like you've asked me the question, you know, what is mindfulness? And I, I think, let me just explain it again in an, another slightly different way. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's about noticing what's happening while it's happening without judgment. Okay, so it's just another way to think about it. Noticing what's happening while it's happening without judgment. So really another mm. way of saying that is you're observing. You're just observing something. Yeah. And we all do that all the time. And some of us do it more than others. And of course, when our crazy monkey mind is really busy and it's we, we can walk around in our own heads um, and we can really stop looking outside of us because, you know, I don't know if you've ever done this, Kelly. I, I certainly have um, gone, you know, walked from one end to the street to another or walked around the house and seen nothing in the house or noticed mm. nothing mm-hmm. that's happening outside mm-hmm. because I'm so inside my own mm. thoughts. Have you, have you had that experience? It's autopilot, isn't it? Like it's that thing as well of where you can end up in a room and you're like, why am I in this room? I came in here to get something. What was I doing? Like, that's terrible that we're operating at such speed and with such intent that we can't even remember what we're supposed to be doing sometimes. I, lo- I love this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do know. And I love this example. Uh, and what most of us do, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, is we then take ourselves back to the same spot. You have to retrace yeah. your steps. <laughs> take a deep breath. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. Exactly, exactly what I do. Take a deep breath. And then we more consciously become more consciously aware of noticing mm. what is happening while it's happening, as it's happening. And so we we actually then consciously like tune into what's happening around us and we observe and we look and we're more intentful. So, you know, we it's a great question, you know, is this for everyone? Well, yeah, because we all do it or don't do it. But we put a label like mindfulness on it and it can become that trigger word that I mentioned. Some people will say, oh, yeah, I'm totally into that. And some people say not for me. So it is so for sure for everyone. And it, I think for me, it's just about understanding what sits within mindfulness. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm i very aware of language, being a practitioner of neuro linguistic programming, and I'm very aware of how uh, language can trigger different responses in people. So, you know, if people are uncomfortable with the idea of mindfulness, call it attention training, call it uh, being in the moment, uh, call it be present. A paying attention you know something like this because really that's all it is yeah. that is all mindfulness is it's it's not just about sitting with our eyes uh, um, our mm-hmm. eyes closed and our fingers in mudra which is the the symbol you often see um when people are sat with the legs crossed and holding the mm. the finger and thumb um and i think for a lot of people that's what it creates an image in a mind but mindfulness is something we can all do anytime anywhere mm-hmm I wonder, you know, if it's kind of people have a sort of an association between mindfulness and spirituality or, you know, those sort of mm-hmm. um, the more holistic side of um, treatments and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wonder, is that the kind of association that's not necessarily negative for everybody, but people maybe see it as a bit fluffy, you know, and a little bit mm-hmm. um, mumbo jumbo you know. Yeah, and, and I probably share, it'd be nice to share a personal story about this because I've been, I've travelled both ends of that spectrum. So when I mm-hmm. first trained to be an NLP uh, master practitioner, I did that my training and an element of that experience of going through uh, the intensity of that experience is mindfulness. So there's an element of learning to do body scans and things like that. And I got super curious about that element of that practice. And I wanted to delve in a lot further. 
And I was one of these people that thought, oh gosh, do I need to now like go to a, a, a like a um, an experience where I've got to change my religion? Do I have to go into Buddhism? You know, I, yeah. I went go to a monastery on the top of a mountain or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I don't know if I'm in for that right now. I don't know if I'm if I'm in that place. Uh, and I met a lady who made a recommendation to me about a place called the Mindfulness Association. And she knew me quite well. And she said, look, it would be perfect for you to go and explore mindfulness more. And so I went to this place and I spent three weekends there over a year uh, and learned about mindfulness. And one of the teachers was a guy from Newcastle, um, a wonderful guy. um, And he was a martial artist. He had a hoodie on and a pair of trackies. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, so and this this could be for me because I had this thing in my mind that it was something very different than it was. And I think sometimes the perception, mm. like I said before, is different. And so part mm. of the, the thing around mindfulness is your perception of what it is and, and how long it takes. And, you know, I haven't got time mm. to be mindful and things like that. So my personal experience did start, if I'm being brutally honest, with the judgment of, I, I I don't know how you could clear your mind. My mind is so busy all the time. Mm, but actually, mm-hmm. mindfulness isn't about clearing your mind. It's not about emptying your thoughts. So it's just about noticing your thoughts and then letting go of them rather than engaging in them. Because as soon as mm-hmm. we engage in them, then we become part of them. So we start to identify with them. So I think that's a really important point around mindfulness is, you know, you hear a lot about it and people saying things like, and I was one of these people that it's, you know, sitting in a particular way and for Mm -hmm. a long period of time, emptying your mind. And that's not what it is at all. It's just not. I guess that's probably more meditation really, isn't it? That we're probably projecting onto mindfulness is that idea of someone sat in a kind of a Buddha pose closed eyes you know that that kind of a side of it as opposed to just like taking a deep breath and like being present <laughs> you know they're, they're two kind of different things aren't they yeah so it's great to make that separation between the two and not get them mixed up yeah meditation is quite different to mindfulness so going back to your point about is it for everyone yes because we can do it while we're moving we can do it anywhere anytime I'm sure there's listeners thinking okay right I'm gonna tried to start doing this. But can you talk to us a little bit about how that could affect our work life or our performance at work if we're taking a little bit of time to practice mindfulness? Yeah, I'm going to start with a quote, actually, something that was said to me years ago and has never left me. So I, I once asked a question to one of my mentors, which was, wow, you know, I'm really quite good at managing my emotions and, I'm, you know, I, I'm feeling quite good right now. So do I need to carry on doing my mindfulness practice? And the response was, would you sew your parachute on the way down? Hmm. <laughs> That's very good. And yeah. so in those mo- like yeah, in those moments where I think oh, I'm feeling okay, I might skip my mindful moments today. Uh, I think oh, I'm gonna know. So so I think um, what we often miss out on realizing, or, or we or we pass by really, is that 
we're preparing ourselves mentally to calm down so that when we Mm -hmm. are faced with challenging situations in a performance at work you know that email that you know we've all had it haven't we that that final straw that email the trigger 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 yeah Yeah, that that email that um it's not that bad really but it's just enough to tip us over the edge well you know what if we're doing our mindfulness moments throughout the day and throughout the week then our stress levels or emotional um, um, capacity doesn't get to the point where it tips over the edge because we're always we're always mm. keeping it lower lower down so yeah so I would just leave, leave that quote I'll share that up with everyone because it was shared with me which is would you sew your parachute on the way down and so to be mindful is to look for opportunities where we can you know settle our mind imagine you've got a jar full of mud Okay, and a sealed jar, and you take that jar, and throughout the day or the evening, every time something happens, whether it's just a task that you need to complete, or you know, trying to get the kids to school in the morning, and there's eight things that need to be done, and you know, it's just getting fuller and fuller. And every time one of those things happens, just shake that, shake that jar, and then just have a look at it for a moment. And you'll notice that there's no clarity. You can't see the water anymore. Mm. It's just a whole host of muddy water. And then maybe Mm. before you leave the house, just leave it on the side. And then when you come back a few hours later, once it's had time to settle, all that mud or that dirt or that fogginess will have settled at the bottom of that jar. And you'll see through it clearly again. You'll have real clarity. And you might discover there's other things in there which you hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm. And our minds naturally do want to settle, believe it or not. Like that, that's their natural state is to be settled. But in the world that we live in, the busy world, the social media, technology, the fast-paced environments that we all we all have become accustomed to, um, it very rarely gets the chance to do that. So when it comes to having um, an impact on our work life and our performance at work and at home as a mother a father a friend you know just just being able to have the emotional capacity to respond rather than react the more we can allow our mind to settle the more clarity we have Um, and I talk to a lot of my clients uh, all of my clients athletes um, work-based clients everybody um, I have some sort of mindfulness routine and it's different for everybody because different people have got different mm-hmm. amount of time available um or the, the work schedules are different so everybody has a routine just depends on who they are what they're doing how how, how they would most benefit from it um but one of the big things that they all report back on is the clarity and decision making capabilities massively increased and their ability to manage stressful situations so whereas they might have once like got angry or got upset they're just able to take a different more clear view of a situation and make much clearer decisions and I think that analogy I'm using there around the the mud in the jar is a is a good way to describe that and actually I would encourage people to get one like do it and notice what happens (laughs) yeah and as it's a physical sort of representation of what's going on internally potentially so I think that's a good idea it made me think as well as you were saying that there about you know during lockdown there was a great sort of surge in people reconnecting with nature and the environment and because it's almost like in times of 
crisis and I know actually to an extent it was also about not having else anything else to do mm-hmm. but you know going back into nature and finding solace there and that peace and that calm and you know people found that restorative and good for them mm-hmm. and they maybe hadn't experienced it for a long time so that was potentially one of the small positives we experienced throughout uh lockdown oh it was wonderful like I'm a huge fan of nature and the outdoors and I spend as much time outdoors as I possibly can like that's my happy place to be outdoors running and walking Um, and I did really notice in the areas that I would walk regularly all of a sudden there was an influx of people where it would would have been clear paths there was like people lots and lots of people around and personally Mm -hmm. I love to see that I loved I think that's one of the great things that came from lockdown actually is the discovery of nature and whereas people might have done other things or stayed in or gone to the pub or or whatever they might have done they were swapping that out for walking and uh, yeah it's mm-hmm. uh, you know you just the energy from nature is beautiful and I think in terms of you know how you can do that mindfully one of the things that I do and I also ask my clients to do is to walk mindfully because going back to what I said before there's one you can walk going to nature and walk which is nice I guess if you're chatting to somebody um but there's other ways to do it I mean if you're going to go for a walk set an intention of what is that walk Mm -hmm. for so you might say my intention in going for this walk is to be mindful for 20 minutes and the purpose of that is to reduce my stress levels so actually just in your own head just say what is my intention as I set off on this walk and what is the purpose or what what am I why am I doing it or you know my intention in in um, walking mindfully for, for is 10 minutes is because and the purpose is that I know that I will sleep better this evening as a result of this walk so there's something at a very deep subconscious level that when you set an intention and a purpose to do something mindfully that it just embeds it a little bit further as well um so yeah I think you're right I think nature is just you know it's a a wonderful thing to do um yeah, mindful walking, just to give you what, what I mean by that, is literally to imagine you were putting a film on slow-mo mm-hmm. and s- slow everything right down. So like even a step is like you feel the heel of your foot and the centre of your foot and then the toes. And then as your toe comes up, the next foot starts to land, almost like Matrix style or, yeah, just slow motion. And it feels strange at first. So it's really cool to like find a spot in the forest or something where nobody's maybe going to see you that easily because they might think, why is that person walking? What are they doing? (laughs) Yeah, they they might think, what is that person doing? I mean, I don't mind it because I quite enjoy it, but some people might be more conscious of of, of the fact that people might be walking around as well. And, you know, do that. Um, Just slow it down. Like if you went for a 10, 20 minute walk, just do it for two minutes of it. And just notice what different. You could do that around your garden, couldn't you? I mean, if you're going to slow motion walk, you could probably do it around your garden. What a great idea! Yeah, garden. If you've got a garden, yeah, do it in the garden. If you if you have a garden, go and do it in the garden. And it only needs to be one or two minutes. And oh, what an experience! Like really, really notice the leaves. Notice the color in the flowers. You'll notice maybe there's a bee sitting on one of the the leaves and really tune in to what's happening around us and it's so wonderful because you start to notice goodness me that was always there 
I just didn't know. It's kind of magical, actually, isn't it? When when you do do that and when you do go into nature, the kind of restorative power of it, it's weird. It's almost like otherworldly, I find. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I go out for a walk and I come home and I feel completely zen, but you you never feel bad after a walk. You know, you never feel like I shouldn't have done that. You know, it, it is positive. It's always positive, you know, and there's just something, I guess, because we're human because we're part of nature ourselves, that it's just back into our natural zone rather than spending it in a hyped up artificial space, which we occupy most of the time. Well, yeah, I mean, I have, um, when I'm at workshops, anyone who's heard me in a workshop has probably heard me say this and, and, and literally get on my soapbox about it. But, you know, we're starting to live in an unnatural world, aren't we? You know, we work, we, mm. we work up in a box room to live in a box house, to get in a box car, mm-hmm. to sit in a box office. And it's like, oh, you know, like we, we all boxed up. Um, so nature just really opens that up. And of course, as you open up in a physical way, you open up a, a, in a mental way and a mindfulness way. And also that's where that clarity comes from because there's li- gem- genuinely space. And as we create space in our environment, we create space in our mind as well. And I think, you know, some people might be listening and thinking, well, I can't walk very far. Maybe the, you know, physically I'm not able to walk for 20 minutes or half an hour. Uh, And genuinely it can be five minutes. It it can be three Mm. minutes. It's just about that movement, getting out in the fresh air. Um, And if walking isn't something... Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Mm. And, And, you know, if walking isn't something that is you've got time for in the morning or in the evening um you can also just get a chair and sit outside and just sit in the garden or in a space and 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 the thing like I was saying before it's about noticing what's happening while it's happening without judgment so a client of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago um just sat this person messaged me to say you know I've just had this most wonderful experience but all I did was sat on a bench and stared at a tree for five minutes <laughs> that's all they did and they just whatever floats your exactly. boat <laughs> and it just made them feel really present oh that's nice so I guess what I'm saying is you know we can put barriers in our way to being present and we can make lots of reasons why we can't do it so if you switch mm-hmm. your mindset and say okay well I can't do that but I can do this um, mindfulness is for everyone and it really does have an impact at work and in ending your performance because you're able to deal with situations that gives clarity, better decision making and you can start to respond to things rather than react because you've got that space, that mental space that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise. So you've given us a couple of examples there about how we can be mindful. Any other ways um, Kay, that you'd like to share with us that we can practice mindfulness? Yeah, definitely. I think, so I'll just, I'll just share a few. So um, some people are very creative. They like to be creative. Um, so there's loads and loads of activity books out now, you know, like uh, colouring books. And you can actually get colouring books for mindfulness. It's a great mindful activity. You know, if you can't get out of the house or you just don't want to, sit down with a colouring page and colour in. It, it's a really great activity to do and it really does focus your attention in the moment. You can get lost in the colours and the shapes and it's a great way to settle your mind. Um, reconnecting with your childhood, like I suppose colouring in part is like that, but making something, mm. you know, just something um, like a vision board or um, anything craft-like basically. So when you're making yeah. things, you 
it's about being fully engaged in that moment. So that can really help mm. help you be mindful. Um, you've already mentioned um, walking and being out in nature, which is a good one. Um, breath. Um, breath is uh, is always one that I, I talk about a lot in many contexts because it is it's a utilization technique because you're focusing on your breath. So all your attention is on the in and out of your breath. So whether you do breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, um, again, that's a really great way to be mindful. Uh, and that is something you could do at your desk at work. Just You could sit there without even closing your eyes, just fixing your eyes on a particular spot, maybe on a particular item in the room, and just breathe in for two or three minutes. Um, so all, all of those things are maybe not, things you would assume are mindful practice but they are Mm. because again it's just about noticing the thoughts yeah certainly in our house uh like my mom would do a lot of puzzles and I think they're great Mm. because you totally lose yourself in those massive jigsaws um and my little girl loves lego and actually I found myself a few times getting very involved with her lego building and there's just something yeah as you say like you get absorbed in the task but also there's satisfaction when you have produced something at the end as well. You get that kind of kick of, oh, I made something, you know, which I guess creativity is all about, even though with Lego, you're probably following a list of uh, instructions. But still, you know, you feel a sense of achievement as, uh, after that sort of period of calm as well. You do. And I think, for, you know, for Lego, I think it, at its best when you don't have the instructions, you know, like the old sets mm. uh, before we, mm-hmm. you start to be able to because now obviously there's a lot of sets where they come with the instructions, but you just give yourself a box of spare pieces and just build anything. Um, Yeah, you can get lost in it. And they're all great examples of just it being in the moment. So I've said on one of the previous podcasts, um, when we get quite stressed and anxious, we can only do that with time travel. So if we're going into the past or the future. So when we're fully engaged in the moment, like Lego or jigsaws or colouring, we're fully engaged in the moment. So there is no capacity to travel to the past or the future or think about other things. Um, So, yeah, so. All of those things are are great things. And also there's lots of great recordings that you can do around mental strength. Um, There's another way way to explain this is a lot of this is about getting involved in a thought. So as soon as we get involved in a thought, whether it's negative or positive or neutral, it's a thought. So we start to identify with them very quickly. We can start to like fall into that thought. So do you know when, um, you know, somebody may be speaking about something and all of a sudden, something they've said has sent your thinking down another path. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. you don't even hear what they're saying anymore because your mind's wandered okay. off with the thought. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like a, a baby, like, you know, a baby crawling, learning to crawl. It's like they used to stay really still, but then as soon as they learn to crawl, like you just constantly follow them around and picking them up and putting them back on your knee again. And I think about thoughts like that, like somebody might say something and then it's triggered a th- thought in your head and you've now identified with that thought for whatever reason so you've gone off with it uh, and so your breath in mindfulness or doing these activities that we've just talked about it's like putting the baby back on your knee <laughs> it's like oh back yeah. again and without judgment remember so it's okay don't get mad at yourself if that happens 20 mm-hmm. 30 times in five minutes or more it's okay you know mindfulness practice is just about noticing it and then going okay you can leave. I'm going to come back to me again. 
I imagine it's something you probably get better at over time as well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Which is why I talk about this. Um, you don't sew your parachute on the way down because this yeah. mental strength that comes with that practice means that when something does come up that's more challenging or more cha- you know, difficult to deal with, your ability to deal with it is much, much better than if you hadn't have been doing those mindfulness practices. Okay, so are there any particular books or apps that you would recommend for someone new to mindfulness or wanting some support or help with it? There's some fantastic books and apps. So yeah, let's start with apps. So there's a great app called Insights Timer. And Insights Timer is an app that is actually trained mindfulness um, practitioners, people who are doing the guided meditation and they're all on one community so you can actually do sits with them as well so there'll be certain times Mm -hmm. where particular mindfulness is happening like say 10 o'clock on a particular day and so even though you're in the room by yourself you know everyone else is doing it at the same time um and there's so many different people on there you tend to find when you do guided mindfulness practices you will connect more with a particular tone of voice you know one doesn't Okay. Work for everyone. Yeah. Some people go, oh, I can't yeah. do it with that one, but this one works for me. So it's really nice for that because there's a lot of different ones mm-hmm. on there. Um, it's the same with Audible, actually. I can't listen to some books read by particular people. They, their voice just annoys me, so I have to get a different one. It's strange, isn't it, the way different voices can affect us like that? Totally, yeah. That's a whole other podcast. It's a whole, <laughs> That's other, a whole other episode. But I agree. <laughs> like some books I've read by eye, like read the book and then read the, oh gosh, I can't listen to that. I, I totally agree. And I think it's important Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that and I just actually want to make more of a point on this because remember I said at the beginning about what people think mindfulness is and things like you may have Mm -hmm. had one experience so you might have put one of these on for example and gone oh that's not for me stay curious because it could just be that particular type of uh, guided mindfulness or that particular tone of voice didn't work for you so if you are listening and thinking oh yeah that happened with me I'd really encourage you to say look do it five times with five different ones and just see if one works for you just stay curious Mm -hmm. um, because the benefits Mm -hmm. are so fantastic um, if you just give yourself permission to have that time even if it is just five minutes a day. Um, mm, so mm. yeah, insights time is really great for that. But the other thing it's good for is that it is a timer. So if you mm. are at a stage in your mindfulness where actually your listening is thinking, actually, I think I've gone past that stage. I'm, I, I could probably do it without guided or I could do a little bit longer. They have a, a great thing on there as well where you get the dong. So if you were doing mindfulness in a room, you'd get the dong. Um, so for example, okay. say there's five minutes, for example, every minute you get a dong or a voice that says, come back to you. So it's a lovely anchor if you have wondered mm. and it just brings your attention back into you again. Insights time is great for that. Um, I mentioned earlier on the Mindfulness Association. That's where I did my training um, and they're wonderful. Um, they're a non-for-profit organisation. So there's, they do um, a mindfulness app as well. Um, so that's Mindfulness Association. And one that people are probably most familiar with because it's more commercialised in terms of um, its um, advertisement and marketing is um, Headspace. So mm-hmm. Headspace is probably one that people are more aware of. Um, and yeah, that's a really great one as well. I think there's a free version, I think it's called Take 10. And then after that, I think you do have to pay some sort of subscription. Um, but, you know, 
lots of people I've recommended that to just do the take 10 and then do it over and over again which you can do okay um so yeah so there would be the apps um in terms of books um for people who like to read there's a few um one called the power of now I would recommend that's a really great book that's all about where did mindfulness begin and um a guide to mindfulness it can be quite deep um in parts um but it, it is a great a great read if you're really interested to know more about mindfulness and meditation actually um there's another one called search inside yourself and the reason I mentioned this one is I just think it's really fascinating because it's written by an IT guy and he taught he worked for Google and he talks about um how typically technical people would not be associated with mindfulness and all the stereotypes mm. about what you said earlier on like the the spirituality of it and the type of mm. person and mm. it kind he, he he talks about the fact that he and his team went against the grain of that but he completely fell into the understanding of why mindfulness is really beneficial so that's a really interesting one um and finally I just recommend a journal now I buy this for most of my clients and send it to them at some point um and it's called I am here now and it's it's mm-hmm. it's the mindfulness project and that's not so much a book as a journal and it has wonderful short mindfulness activities in it so you can just pick one a day and each one might take three or four minutes or you could pick one a week what you know whatever works for you so that isn't a book it's a journal um but it's brilliant like it's really really great to and mix it up as well so when people like variety they don't want to do the same thing every single day it's really great for people who like variety to stay interested they all sound like very manageable tasks i think yeah i mean journaling is Everybody recommends journaling, don't they, for all sorts of benefits. So, yeah, and we'll check out some of those other apps, too. I'll include those uh, in the show notes if people want the links, etc. So, okay, that's all been really fascinating, actually. Um, It makes me think I need to look into this a bit more myself. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to um, move on a little bit now. Uh, We've had some emails in from listeners. Kay, I'm going to ask you some questions, if that's okay. So Peter messaged us to say that he has two children, a girl six and a boy four. His little girl can be quite anxious, especially in busy social settings. Is there a way of helping her to use mindfulness to deal with this? Would she potentially benefit from it? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, you don't really think, you think kids are probably more mindful, but maybe not all of them, I guess. It's a really good question. And um it's, in, it's a really interesting question, actually, because it's something I've, I've, I've thought a lot about in the past myself. And I, interestingly, I met a lady in Glasgow about five years ago, and she was the head of a primary school. Um, and they were just starting to campaign to get this on the curriculum for primary school education, which, and she's just a wonderful lady. I met her and, and some of the teachers that she worked with, and they'd started to do actual sessions in school and there's a whole project now um, for children there's some guides and things like that that schools some schools are starting to use so I think it's a great question it's a re- very real thing children do have feelings and emotions and they do you know experience anxiety and fears and things they might struggle to articulate them sometimes um, so I do work with a number of children and I do have things that I do with them to help them um, manage their emotions and mindfulness will will, will, uh, form part of that. So there's a few things that suggest Um, you can buy these things called breathing balls. Um, 
And you don't have to have a breathing ball. You don't have to buy this breathing ball. But I, I, I think they, they are really interesting to children because the way they respond to them is really interesting. They go really small and then you pull them out and they're very colourful. And then as you push back in, they close up to a smaller ball again. They might have another name, but you can find them as breathing balls. Um, so they're really great for children because remember, it's noticing what's happening when it's happening without judgment. So they, you can just get the child to really focus in on the ball and all the colours and just count for four as they breathe and then count for four as they breathe back in. And as they breathe out, they pull the ball out for four um, as they um, sorry, breathe in. And then as they breathe back out, they pull the ball back in before for four. So they're actually zoning into the ball, if that makes sense. So it's going out and in, out and in. And children love it. So when their crazy monkey mind is going crazy, it's a good indicator to the parent as well because they'll be really erratic with this ball. And as the breathing starts to calm down, the ball starts to move slower in and out as well with their hands. So that's something that I tend to use a lot because it's a good, it's great. Children love it. It's like a toy. It's colourful. It allows them to do something. So the mind is engaged in something while it's calming down as well. So I'd, I'd always mm. recommend like a, a breathing ball. If they don't have a breathing ball, you could just use your hands and get them to like wave the hands out for four and in for four. But children tend to like to have something more than closing their eyes because what I tend to notice with children, if they close their eyes and breathe, the crazy monkey mind can get even crazy crazier if that makes sense because mm-hmm. they're already yeah. in that state of anxiety or stress um and then the other thing um that i would suggest around that is using a scent or something like that so you can get it can be any scent it could be um an oil like a calm oil you can buy them in supermarkets and they actually do doTERRA do great oils for children specific oils for children so while they're doing the breathing you actually put the scent on on them like on the behind their ear or on the wrist or something like that and then what happens is they start to associate that scent with the sense of calm so in those moments where, and adults can do this too, by the way, but this tends to work really well with children. When they are in that moment, you can just give them the scent and the smell of the scent will trigger the calm sensation that they got when they were doing the practice with the breathing ball. So the two things become connected. It's like a, a learned connection. Association. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things work really well. So the breathing activity, using the ball is good to add in for children. As I say, if you wanted to take that a little bit further with the scent, you can you use the scent as well. Um, and then that that becomes a trigger. So when you know you might not have the ball with you, or you know they may be a bit anxious when they're out, and the smell will just help calm them down because it will trigger, uh, let's say, an association. And the final thing I would say for children is, and again, because the children, making glitter tubes. And you can probably Google this, um, that glitter tubes are just getting some tubes or some jars, putting in them some water uh, and, um, and a little bit of glitter. And basically asking the child to choose a different colour for each emotion. So it's dead fun, mm. so fun for them to do. They absolutely love it. And it's a fun thing to do with the parent as well because you learn a little bit more about the child. So you might say, okay, what emotions do you feel sometimes when you're feeling anxious? I get angry. Okay, what colour is mm. angry for you? 
it's red or purple okay so you choose that color and you put a bit of glitter in let's you what other emotions might you feel oh sometimes when at school I get sad or when I'm um when I'm can't work out my sums I get frustrated okay what color's frustrated mm-hmm. for you it's yellow okay so I think so basically you make these little jars and they get to choose what color the emotion has associated to it um keep them in the bedroom or in the house and when they feel that emotion sometimes children can't explain how they're feeling and that the crazy monkey mind yeah. what it's doing they take the jar they shake it up and they just leave it on the side, a bit like what I said with the mud in the jar, but for kids yeah, to use yeah. the butter. And they stare at the mm-hmm. jar and breathe. <sighs> just let them breathe. Do like even use the bleep breathing ball if you've got it available. And they have to keep staring and breathing until all the glitters at the bottom of the jar. And then by the time it's finished, the that emotion has subsided and it's passed through them. So it's not about suppressing the emotion because that's not a healthy thing for any of us to do, mm. but it's just giving it time yeah. to pass through. I love that idea. Yeah, it's really nice. Really effective, really, really effective for children. And they love it because it's all child-friendly. You know, it's glitter, it's joys, yeah. it's shaking things, it's a colourful bowl. So, yeah. Engaging, isn't it? When sometimes words don't work with small people, do they? You know, it's kind of hard for them to put into words how they're feeling and then it's hard to tell them how to feel as well, you know. So something like that is a really great idea, I think, for calming them down potentially. So I will try that. With yeah, my own you've children. got two little people. <laughs> you test it out and tell me how it goes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. So hopefully Peter um, and his little girl will benefit from yeah. that. Thank you, Kay. So, yeah, that's that's... I'm, I'm actually feeling very calm after our discussion about mindfulness. It's been lovely. Uh, thanks for all the wonderful advice, Kay. We will see you back in a couple of weeks. Yes, you will. I'm looking forward to it already. Lovely. Uh, next week, Amina and I will be talking about dealing with a toxic environment. If you have a question around this or any other area of personal development, for that matter, you can drop us an email to kelly.crichton at jpimedia.co.uk and we will endeavour to get you the advice you need. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Reset Room. You can follow us on Twitter at National World and on Facebook at National World UK. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends about it if you're enjoying it. Uh, the Reset Room is a laudable production produced and hosted by me, Kelly Crichton. Our resident experts are Kay Woodburn of grittypeople.co.uk and Amina Walker, who you'll find on aminawalker.com. Please join us again next week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>